morning, we're going to look at, at three passages, Lord willing, and we have time. We're going to take a look from a story that Jesus tells us there in the book of Luke chapter 15. He talked about the prodigal son. We're going to look at that story for a little bit. And then we're going to turn over into the book of 2 Kings. And we're going to look there for a few minutes. There, there's a story there in chapter 6 about a floating axe head. I want to take a look at that axe head there for a few minutes. And then Lord willing, if we got time, this whole story, this whole study began one morning waking up and God giving me information and it all began in the book of 1 Samuel in chapter number 30 when, when a group of soldiers came and David and his men were out fighting and the soldiers came and they burned the city of Ziklag and they, they took everything that David had and everything was taken away and I began looking at, at a, a lesson on God restoring things so I would ask you to just stay with me this morning for a little bit and we'll go as far as we can. But I pray that God would give each of you something in this place. Um, we are less than three weeks away from a day of remembrance of 9-11-2001. Hard to believe that was 19 years ago. Babies that were born then are in college now. <laughs> Blows my mind. A lot has changed since that day in 2001. America has been through a lot of change. There's been a lot of change in our country. There's been a lot of change around the world since what happened there in 2001. More than 60,000 U.S. soldiers have lost their lives defending freedom in the war on terror since that day in 2001. We've had more soldiers killed in the war on terror now than died in the Vietnam War. They say that there's been more than 800,000 lives lost as a result of the war on terror and all the different countries combined. 2006, we watched as the economy fell to nothing in America. By 2008, 2009, many once prominent citizens had lost their homes, lost automobiles, lost businesses that they'd worked their entire lives to, to build up. We've been through some hardships. Anybody say amen. We, we have been through some tough times. But one thing whoo, that we have never done is walk one day without God in our life. The child of God has never, will never walk one day without the power of God on them and the power of God around them. It is God that has always been there for us, will always be there for us. It's God that'll see us through the fire. Today is some weird times, to put it mildly. I still look out and see the congregation with masks, which again, it's the best that we can do to protect this congregation, to protect those who are medically fragile so that you are still able to come here and feel safe in doing so. But this is the 200th and 16th day since the first confirmed case of COVID-19 in the United States. The first confirmed case was January 20th of this year. According to the reports that I read, the first confirmed was a man that lived in Washington State, had traveled to China, and, and came back and was the first one. Can I tell you, I, I learned something a couple weeks ago. The third confirmed case of COVID-19 in the U.S. was right here in LaGrange, Georgia. I didn't read that. I talked to the man. He still has to, since January, well, since the 1st of February, he still has to report to CDC every Monday morning for testing. 
They're still taking blood, still testing. They're still trying to find out what's going on in his body post-COVID-19 from right here in our hometown. I looked up some numbers this week that I want to share with you. United States soldiers that died in the war in Afghanistan, 2,445. U.S. soldiers that died in the war in Iraq, 4,431. Back in the Korean War, 36,574 brave men and women fought and lost their lives. They gave everything for the freedom of the United States of America. Back in World War I, 53,402 civilian soldiers, American soldiers, civilians that went into the military to dedicate their life to protect this country and to protect freedom around the world, 53,402. Vietnam War, 58,220 soldiers lost their life. As of yesterday morning, August 20th, 2020, coronavirus deaths in America, 176,113 confirmed deaths in our country. That's 21,041 deaths more than all of those wars combined. The report shows that there's more than 800,000 deaths worldwide. We're approaching a million deaths around the world. In, in the U.S., Georgia is currently ranked as fifth with 200 and, over 233,000 cases and nearly 5,000 deaths. As much as this world has changed in the 18-plus years between 9-11 and January 20th, COVID-19, it has changed more in the past seven months than any other time in history. Anybody say amen. amen. Certainly any other time that any of us will remember. I, I can tell you this, and I may offend some, and I may get some turned off, but that's okay. I'm going to tell the truth. I don't, it don't really matter if people like it or not. This isn't a political issue, although I will say that the liberal media and the Democrats are doing all that they can to push us into a political issue. They're, they're blowing this into a political something. They're trying to blame it on a man that has no fault in the matter. If you want to blame it on somebody, I think we'd look towards China. They're wanting to blame it on somebody that I think, to be honest, has done as good a job as could be done, handed the situation that they're given in the unprecedented times that's there. They're wanting to take credit for something that they didn't do while blame this on somebody that doesn't even take credit for it himself. He gives credit to his team who negotiated a peace treaty that involves Israel that had a Democratic president done that, they would have given him the Nobel Peace Prize for what they've done. This isn't a political platform, nor will I make it one. I just want to make, the, I want to make sure that Christians are aware. I want to make sure that Christians are paying attention because if you watched any of that Democratic National Party, you need to understand something. They've made a vow that they would put a stop to hate crimes in America. You better listen. This was one of their number one targets. They would hold pastors accountable. And for any pastor that preached this book, that's not the way they said it. They said any pastor that preaches against homosexuality or abortion will be considered a hate crime and they will be punished by fine and or imprisonment. I got news for you. Abortion is an abomination before God Almighty. God don't condone it. I'm not going to condone it. Abortion is the murder of babies. We're in the situation we're in because of what America is doing and the sin that we're living in. And I'm going to continue to preach this book. Christians, you better be in prayer before you walk into that poll in November. You better look at what we've got. And you better look at both president and vice president. You better look at what you're voting for. Hallelujah. We need to spend some time on our prayer. The problem with America is not COVID-19. 
The problem with the United States of America is we've turned our back on God. We've walked away from everything that was godly. We've taken him out of the schools. We've forbidden prayer. We've done everything we can to push him away. COVID-19 is not an American problem. That's a worldwide problem. America's problem is turning our back from the one true God that gave us this to start with. Last Sunday, I ended the message with a simple question. The question was simply this. Today, seven months into COVID-19, after 12 weeks of this church's doors being shut, after seven months of some churches still are not open, a lot of churches, especially mega churches that can't navigate through that many people, doors are still shut today. Seven months. The question was simply this. Do you feel closer to God now than you did when all this started seven months ago? Or you, do you feel like you've slid back? Do you feel like your relationship is not as close with God? I have had church members in this church. Can I tell you, I've not had one person come to me and tell me that you're closer to God than you were seven months ago. Not one. I'll be here right after the service if you want to break that string. I've not had one person tell me that they're closer to God right now than they were when all of this mess really blew up back in February. But I've had members of this church, and I'm not talking about those watching on live stream, and that's not a stone's cast at you. I just haven't seen many of you as much. I'm talking about people sitting right here on Sunday morning. I'm talking about those of you in here for the live services on Wednesday night have told me no. I have read my Bible every day. I have prayed every day. I have sought God every day. I've done my devotions every day. And in spite of everything that I've done, I simply am not as close to God as I was. This pastor of this church for 12 weeks while the doors were shut, I did devotions online every day. That was a twofold purpose. One, it was try to give the family of faith something to hold on to every morning, some type of encouragement, something from the throne room of God to just give us some strength to get through each day. But the other was for me. It was to try to do everything that I could. It was just part of my study to try to hold on, to hold on to the coattail of God, to try to stay as close to God as I possibly could. I learned something. I learned that it doesn't matter how much you pray, how much you study, how much you seek. I learned how important this church is. I learned how important this fellowship is. I learned that you cannot stay at the place without gathering together in the body of Christ, without worshiping in one accord, without serving. Listen, I thank God for live stream for 12 weeks when the doors were shut, but it's time to get up off your backside, pour your coffee down the sink, and get your fannies back in the church. It is time for us to get back into the house of God. If we're going to get out of this mess, it's time for us to turn back to the only thing that can get us out, and that is God. And what I learned is that when you take away the church, when you take away the fellowship, when you take away the charge, when you take away the energy, when you take away the, the, the companionship of brothers and sisters in Christ coming together as one, you begin to grow weaker. God help us. I want to look at a message this morning, just about as long as the introduction. I want to look at to get back, to get back what you've lost, you got to go back to where you lost it. God, thank you so much. God, I thank you for this blessed book. God, I thank you for the salvation. I thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. God, I thank you for the cross. I thank you, Lord, for forgiveness of sins. But, God, I pray right now will you move on your people, God. 
Lord, I pray for a fresh anointing of your sweet Holy Spirit. I'd ask you to take me and to use me to speak to your people, God. I pray that you'd reach down into the depths of somebody's problem and pull them up. I pray that you would move into some situations and make them better. I pray that you'd reach into some sicknesses and give healing, God. I pray that you'd move in a mighty way, Father. Lord, without you, we're nothing but sounding brass and tinkling cymbals, God. Lord, thank you so much for being so good. I ask you to speak to your people today, God. In Jesus' precious holy name, I pray. Amen. So, in the story I told you would be in Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. And the Bible tells us that he had two sons, and the younger son, of course, as you know the story, he went and he asked for his inheritance. He asked for his portion. He asked for what was going to be his. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems with that story. But, but one of the problems that, is that he went and asked to receive what should be his after his father died while his father is still alive. He went and asked for his portion as the younger brother. So in a sense, what, he, what he's doing is he's going and telling his father, hey, I want you to go ahead and give me what's going to be mine, and I want you to go ahead while you're living and give me what I would get when you die, and if you'll go ahead and give it to me now, I'll just be about my business, and I'll be on out of your way. I'm just going to take the money, and I'm just going to go out. But something that is important to realize in that story is that he did not lose his substance. He did not lose the money. He did not lose what his father gave him. He wasted it. The Bible says there in chapter, 13, or chapter 15 and verse number 14 in the book of Luke that he took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to want. Thank you. You, you can be seated. That's all I'm going to read for the minute. But i got a whole lot more for you as it comes. He did not lose his inheritance. He didn't lose his substance or his money. He, he wasted it. What he lost, somebody pay attention this morning, what he lost was his relationship with his father. He the Bible says that when he came to himself, I, I want to pause right there for a minute because last week we looked at growing in the dry season. We, we looked at growing through tribulation. Something important to realize right there is this young man didn't just magically come to his senses. This young man didn't just all of a sudden decide that what he did was wrong. He didn't just all of a sudden come up that he was in the wrong place. No, what happened is he left his father's house. He said, you're as good as dead to me. And he went out there with riotous living and and as long as he had money in his pocket and food on the table, he didn't care. Amen, preacher. It wasn't until everything was gone and he had nothing but time to sit around and realize what he'd done that he began to realize he had wasted the stuff, but he had lost his relationship with the Father. It took him a little while. See, as long as he had plenty, he was fine with all that. But once the stuff was gone, once he just had time to sit around and realize how good his father had been to him, then he began to realize that what he had lost was more important than what he had wasted. You know, he didn't, he didn't decide to try to go out and find a better job, make more money. The Bible says there's a famine in that land. He didn't try to, to go and work himself out of poverty, what he decided was to go back to the place where he lost what was important. America, we've lost sight of what's important. The church has lost sight of what's important. This young man decided that he'd rather be a servant in his father's house than to live out there in all that stuff without the father's blessing. When he came to himself, 
When he came to his senses, anybody listening? When, when he came to the point that he realized that, that all of this stuff that the world promises you, all of this stuff that the world brags about, all this stuff that they send you on your phone and eBay and Amazon and, and all this stuff, all the attractive, all the bells and whistles, they're just shiny little um, lures to get you to chase the bait so that the devil can get you on a hook. Or he realized that all this stuff that, that the world had offered wasn't all that they said it was. Once you get out there in the world, you'll find out that what they offer may be shiny on the outside, but it's bitter on the inside. He began to realize what he had truly lost, and in order to get back what he had lost, he had to go back to the place where he lost it. He had to go back to the Father's house, but he'd find out that the Father was waiting on him when he got there. He turned his back on the Father, but the, fa whew, but the Father never turned his back on him. I've shared this with you many times. But when a Christian gets further away from God, it's because we're not on the right path. Stay with me. Y'all don't go get bent out of shape. Don't turn me off just yet because I just told you that several of you told me that you're not as close to God as you were. So, so, so th this doesn't mean that you have to be back out living in the world. This doesn't mean that you've had to go back out into a life of sin. This doesn't mean that you're out there running around and, and bar hopping. It doesn't mean that you've been drawn back into the lifestyle that the blood of Jesus Christ erased from your past. It doesn't mean you've been drawn back into the sin and the wickedness where you were. But what it does mean is that if you stay on that path, you can only get further away from God. See, we're either moving towards God or we're moving away from God. There are no parallel movements. The Bible only talks us about two paths, that we're either moving closer to God or we're moving further away. If you're not moving closer to God, if we are not moving closer to God, then we need to be greatly concerned about the path that we're on. As Christians and as a nation, we're either on the straight and narrow, as the Bible calls it, the, the one path that few will find, or we're on the broad path. There are no other paths. There is nothing else given. That is our two options. We're either on one or on the other. If we get off the narrow path, where they're barely drifted off, kind of slightly merged into the broad path, or took a hard turn at Albuquerque, it doesn't matter how we got off the narrow path. If you get off the narrow path, come on, America, if you get off the path to the throne room of God, the only way to get back on is to come back where you got off. You don't get to just meander through the woods. You don't get to take a shortcut and get back on somewhere up here. If you got away from God back here, you got to come back to the Father's house. You got to come back to the place. You don't get to just jump on somewhere down the line. As a nation or as a country, we've got to come back to the place where we lost it if we want to get it back. The prodigal son says that he had to go back. He had to go back to the father's house. Not to get more money. Not to get more possessions. Not to get more substance. What he realized is none of that stuff fulfilled what he was looking for. What he realized is that the world out there had nothing to offer compared to what the father's house had. 
compared to what the Father's house has. This world has nothing for God's children. But to get back the relationship that he lost, he had to go back to the place where he broke it. He had to go back to the place where he got lost to start with. 2 Kings chapter 6, there's another story that I want to look at here this morning. It's talking about a, a swimming axe head. Second Kings chapter 6, verse number 1, The sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take this every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. Verse number 3, One said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy service. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and they came to Jordan. They cut down wood. But here's the part of the story that I really want to look at, verse number 5. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for I were, I, it, it was borrowed. It, it wasn't mine. I had borrowed it from somebody else. Felling a beam is simply cutting down a tree. So he has an axe, and, and he's, he's swinging, and, and he's cutting, and, and the axe head comes off and goes back into the water. He says, alas, master. You notice the exclamation mark there in the text. That word alas comes from a Hebrew word that, that means it is an exclamatory word. It, it expresses great pain. So, so understand, this, this man is feeling a lot of pain, a lot of urgency, a lot of helplessness, a lot of Hopelessness. He's in a very bad situation. He's lost his axe head. It fell into the waters, into that muddy Jordan River. It has sank, and it appears as though it is now gone forever. Now, in order for that story to really matter to us, we can't look at it with our 21st century mentality. Because my mentality says, what are you doing with an axe in the first place? They make chainsaws. And they make gas. And if the chainsaw is broke and the axe is in the truck, we'll go home and get another chainsaw. So, so we got to get past our mentality. This thing was made of iron, which in the day was very difficult to get. Didn't just everybody have this stuff lying around. He couldn't just run up to the local hardware store, spend a few bucks, and get another one. This was a very expensive thing that, that he has lost. He, it, it, the man is very upset about his situation. He has a problem. But in verse number 6, it says that the man of God said... Where fell it? You got to look at the text. He showed him the place. And, and he cut down a stick and cast it thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore he said, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. I see a couple of things in this story that are really important about getting back what you've lost. Certainly the most amazing part of this story is the fact that this iron axe head comes floating up to the top, and we'll get to that in a minute. But notice Elijah didn't say, look downstream. The current of the river would have probably carried it down from where it actually went in. Notice he didn't say, well, you know, it's flat. It's like a plane. It would have floated in the water. There's no telling where it went, maybe it sunk all up in, in the mud. Obviously, we're, we know that the Jordan was a muddy river. We know that from Scripture. Obviously, I would take it from the text that it must have been a pretty deep place where they are because he doesn't say anything about getting in and, and try to find it. Elijah said, show me the place where it fell. Show me the place where you lost it, and that is the place where God will restore it. 
something else I see there. I, I don't have, I'll go ahead and tell you, I don't have some deep theological debate to give you for this. I, I don't have a good word study to give you all the different words and what they all mean. Because I tried, because God showed me something. And I started doing a word study to try to make it all fit. And as usual, all I did was wound up getting in the way of what God was trying to show me. But, but I, I see something here that the Lord gave me to take what happened then and apply it to my life now. See, see this, this book doesn't, doesn't help me unless I realize this book is about me. That side didn't get it. This book doesn't help me unless I realize that this was written to me. That the stories in it are about me. That everything in it is for me. That everything in it concerns me. That everything in it involves me. That everything in it is the answer to every problem, to every situation, to every trial, to every trouble. It is my praise for every blessing and every gift. So if I can't make this book work for me today, then it's really not working for me at all. Because this book is about me. So God showed me something about me. What the prophet cut down and cast into the water was a stick. Somebody tell me what a stick's made out of. Wood. Anybody think of anything else in the Bible that might have been made out of wood? Maybe in the New Testament? <laughs> Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, God said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God's solution to man's problem is always the cross. Whew. God wants you to get back everything that you have lost. Jesus Christ paid the price in full to give you back Everything that the devil has taken, no matter what it is, when the cross is applied, you can get it back through the power of God. You notice the man has a problem. that He went to the man of God. The man of God says, where did you lose it? Where did it go into the water? Where exactly did it, did it fall? And the man of God, he goes to the exact location to where it was lost. The man of God took care of the stick. He cast the stick into the location of the problem. God took care of the stick, but you notice the young man had to reach in and get the axe head for himself. Nobody got that. God has taken care of the cross, but it's up to us to apply what God has already provided. While the cross is provision for our fault, provision for our failure, provision for our suffering, provision for our loss, while the cross is everything that we need, it's up to you and I to reach out by faith and take hold of the cross. The problem today is passiveness. We, we, can't, we can't be passive about the things of God and receive all that, that God wants us to receive. See, while... while while, while daily Bible reading and, and daily prayer and um, reading your daily devotion, being regular attendance at church, being involved in the ministries at church and, and working and doing things actively involved, while, while giving of tithes and offering, all of those things are important. All of those things are necessary for the children of God. They all have a part in our wholehearted 
pursuit of God. They all have a part. Unless we are pursuing God with our whole heart, then we're going to tend to drift away from God. Christianity is not about this life, the life that I had. Christianity is about losing the life that I had so that I might live the life that God has in store for me. Y'all remember Galatians 2.20, right? I'm still unhappy about iPhone products in a lot of ways. I need my droid back. One of the things that really bugs me with this iPhone is it won't let my signature sign at the bottom, Galatians 2.20, unless I touch something to make it do it. It kind of chaps me over there because I'm still crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jeremiah chapter 29, the Bible says in verse 11, God said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I couldn't help but look up that word expected, and of course it translates to expected, but it also translates to the thing that I longed for. God, God says to give you an end that you're longing for, to give you what you're expecting, to give you something that you've always wanted. In verse number 12, then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. Verse number 13, Jeremiah chapter 29, if it's not underlined in your Bible, open it now. Jeremiah chapter 29, and ye shall seek me. You sure need to highlight the next three words. And find me. But you need to underline, highlight, ashes, point out, fold the page, and put a marker on the next word. When ye shall search for me with all your heart. God says, you want to find me, that's easy to do. But you're not going to find me out there in the world. You're not going to find me out there wasting your substance. You're not going to find me out there in the football game. You're not going to find me out there in the parties. If you want to find me, I'm easily found. And when you begin to seek me and search for me with all your heart, when I become the priority in your life, when I become the most important thing in your world, when I truly matter to you more than everything else the way that I should, when there are no idols in your life, things that you're putting before me, when I become the thing that matters, the absolute most, and you want to find me, praise God, I'll be there. I'll show up. I'll never leave you nor forsake you when you need me. If you just come looking, I'm going to be there for you. He says, I will be found of you in verse number 14, saith the Lord. The prophet asked the man, where did it fall? Take me to the place where everything began to go wrong. Take me to the place where the problem started. A lot of times, the little casual drift or the distance from God, that, that, that's not God's fault. God's always with us. The drift starts on our end. And... and there's so many things that the world gives that I don't, maybe you've entered into a wrong relationship, something you have no business being in. Maybe you've done something that has compromised your integrity. Maybe you are involving yourselves in conversations at work or at school or somewhere in your world that Christians have no business being a part of. 
Maybe you've gotten slack on your daily Bible reading. Maybe you're no longer praying the way that you did. Maybe, maybe you're just not getting along with the Lord and spending time with Him the way you once did. Maybe, maybe it's church attendance. I, I do know that COVID-19 has played a big part in church attendance. That's easy to see from every church out there. I know that, that COVID-19 has caused us to get a little lazy. I know it got pretty comfortable not having to get up till 10 o'clock and sit there in pajamas and drink coffee and, and watch church. If we really want to see how lazy we've gotten, <laughs> a couple of weeks when we start back on Sunday nights, it's really going to tell the tale. When we had to get up from a nap and get ready and come back to the house of God. We're going, to, we're going to really start finding out. I, I realize that COVID-19 has played a part. I realize that wearing masks is, is uncomfortable. And I realize we're one of a few churches doing it. That's not my problem. I'm not responsible for any other body of people but this one. I love you too much to put you at risk. So I'm just going to do the best I can to what they say to protect you. I realize that, that, that COVID-19 has created some situations, but, but can I just tell you, there are some Christians that need to be real with themselves this morning. You need to scratch COVID-19. You need to go back to January 2020 and find out where you were before COVID-19 started. As I talk to pastors, and, and I certainly don't mean this to be rude, but the truth is the same. What we're finding out is the majority of people, not all of them, but the majority of people who aren't coming back were hit or miss before COVID-19 got here anyway. Did he just say that out loud? Yeah. You see, what we're finding out is how important is church really? Because after two weeks of no church, everybody was screaming and crying, oh, if we could just get back to church. Well, now the doors are open and they ain't here. It sounds good to scream and cry, I wish I was in church. As long as they don't open the doors, then I have to go back again. I, I realize that, that this has created some stuff, but some, some Christians get slack in going to church. It has nothing to do with COVID-19. It just has to do with that little distant mist. It has to do with that little bit of, of fading away. Are, are you trying to, to figure out things? on your own these days rather than walking by faith or may, maybe for some it, it's holding a grudge against somebody they, they did something to you can I tell you you're not hurting anybody but yourself right. maybe you wronged somebody and you've not gone to them you've not gone back to the place you've not apologized you've not made things right I, I don't know what it is there's so many things that can get us off the, the right path there's so many things that can cause us to begin to drift there's so many things that can begin to get in the way of the relationship with the father but if you'll go back to where you lost it and apply the cross God will be there see here in the story the stick represents the cross the floating axe head represents the power of God Represents the power of God. It is possible. It is possible to just keep on swinging that axe handle. 
It is possible to just keep on going through the motion, pretending like you're cutting, hoping that no one will realize that you've lost the axe head. It is possible to keep going through the motion, hoping that nobody will realize that you've lost the power of God. It is possible to just keep coming to church. It is possible to just keep going through the motions back at home. It is possible to just keep going through the motion at work and hope that nobody sees it but if we'll go back to the place where we lost it and apply the cross God will supply the power if we will apply the cross God will supply the power amen a lot of people are struggling with a lot of stuff today I I, I, I talk with people and, and they talk about problems. If you're watching the news, do yourself a favor and turn it off. If you want to know what's going on, it's on the computer. Pull up the ads that you need to read. Find out statistics. Find out truth. Find out numbers in state. Find out numbers in your hometown. Find out what the CDC is really doing, what they really wrote. But, but there's no need to watch that lying mess. Sorry, there's just absolutely nothing there. You can't even turn it on to catch the weather. Even though I know it's supposed to come on Fox at about 1035, they just got to throw two or three things in to make me sick before they even do the weather. So I just soon go out and get wet. Don't, don't believe the lies that the devil is telling you. There's too many people right now hurting. There's too many people that have fallen away. Don't, don't believe the lie that there's not enough grace for you. Don't believe the lie that there's not enough mercy for what you did. Don't, don't believe the lie that there's not enough forgiveness in your situation. Don't believe the lie that there is no hope, that, that you have no forgiveness. Don't, don't believe the lie that the devil's telling. Don't believe the lie that there's no way for you to get back what you've lost. Don't believe the lie that the devil says that you can't be closer to God than you've ever been. Don't believe the lie that the devil says what you did has separated you from God and you can't get it back. That you can't get back what you've lost. You go to the cross. You apply the cross. God will take care of the power. If God cared, if God cared that much about one man's lost axe head, and he cares about whether or not you got food on your table. If God cared that much about a man feeling pain over a lost axe head, then God cares about whether or not you have enough money to pay your bills every month. If God cared that much about an axe head, then God cares about whether or not you have a job to support your family. If God cared that much about a little simple piece of iron axe head, then God cares about whether or not there is happiness in your home. If God cared that much about an, an axe head, then God cares whether or not there is joy in your life. The Bible says, Jesus speaking, Luke chapter 12, verse 27, Consider the lilies how they grow. They toil not, they spin not, and yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then, <laughs> if then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Our world is in trouble. 
Our nation is in trouble. But a lot of Christians are in trouble. They're, they're, they're sliding back. I, I, don't, I don't know. I know from talking with people in, in Maybe you feel like you've lost the power of God in your life. Maybe you feel like you've lost the joy in your life. You, have, you don't have the joy that you had. You don't have the happiness that you had. Maybe you feel like you lost the favor of God in your life, like he's taken his hand off of you. Maybe you feel like your relationship's not what it was. Maybe you feel like your relationship has slid back in the seven months, but if we'll go back to God. God will meet us at the place. If we just go back to where we got off, God will supply the power. For some, you've been out of church a long time now. Listen, this, this, is just a, this is just a plea to help you. I'm not talking about COVID-19. You may have been out three or four years. COVID-19 may have been the excuse that got you out of church. I don't know, but I do know one thing. For a child of God and you're out of church, you know you're out of church. And, and here's the deal. All it takes to get out of church is to deliberately choose to skip one Sunday. I know I've shared it before. I get it, but it doesn't change the facts. You make a personal choice. I'm going to sleep in and lay out of church one week. Then the second week, it gets easier than the first week. And before you know it, you put together two weeks that you didn't come to the house of God. And before you know it, you've gone a month. I got news for you. Once you get out there on your own, you become nothing but a whispering spot for the devil. The devil begins to lie to you. Do you truly believe, if you've been out of church, do you truly believe that God doesn't want you back? Do you truly believe that you can't come back into the house of God? Do you truly believe that the people are going to mock and laugh at you? Do you truly believe that the people here are going to say, well, look what the cat drug up. Look who finally come back to the house of God. Do you truly believe the lies that the devil's telling you? There's a family here that loves you. There's a family here that's praying for you. There's a family here that wants the best in your life. Do you truly believe the lies that the devil's telling you? Because when you start getting away from God, the devil's going to start whispering more. And, and the more he whispers, he'll send people around you, probably even some people that went to church with you, to confirm what the devil's lying to you about. Lord, help us. That'll go over like no good at all. Do we believe the lies that the devil tells? Or are we just maybe not seeking God the way that we once did? Do we believe the lies of the devil and the lies of the world? Or are we maybe just so concerned over worldly things that we've let it get in the way of godly things? We begin to pursue worldly things more than we pursue the things of God. I, the answer to that one's easy. Matthew 6, 33 is posted right out there on, on the four-year wall where you got Jeremiah 6, 33, 3 over here. But 6, 33 over here is, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Sometimes it's as simple as we just start seeking after a thing, and that thing gets us mildly off the track. But the longer you stay on that course, the further away from God you'll get. Lamentations chapter 3, beginning in verse number 21, the Bible says, This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. 
because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. God will never fail. Verse number 24, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeketh him. You, you, may, have temporarily you may have temporarily lost a portion of your relationship. You may have got drifted a little bit without seven months of church. You may have temporarily lost some of the power of God in your life. But if you will go back by faith and apply the cross, God will restore everything that is lost. The cross is your permanent solution to a temporary problem. The cross was ordained before the foundation of the world. God had the cross in mind before he ever formed the heavens and the earth. God had the cross in mind before he ever put the plants in trees. God had the cross in mind before he ever formed Adam from the dust of the earth. God had the cross in mind since the beginning in the time. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was Jesus Christ. The cross, the plan, our provision was provided before the failure ever came. God had already made a way to get back what we'd lost before we ever even lost it. The cross is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Everybody goes through dry seasons. We looked at those last week. Everybody's been through a time where we, where we feel like we need a breakthrough. I ain't in this by myself, am I? Anybody still awake? We, we feel like we, we need for God to show up. Everyone has been in a spot. We've been in a spot where, where we feel like, what's the point? I may be the only heathen in the house. I can't see lips, so I just have to go by head shaking. I assume that I'm not the only one who, who has been in the spot. I assume that I'm speaking of, of everybody when I say sometimes we get to a spot that we just feel like, what's the point? I just keep on trying. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels, but I'm just not getting anywhere. Can, can I remind us? For, for those of you that, that maybe have been over there where I've been, just in case there's somebody else that might have been out there, God wants you and I to recover everything that Jesus paid for. <laughs> he didn't pay for part of nothing. He paid for all of everything. And God wants us to have the fullness of everything that the enemy, the world, the devil has stolen away. God wants you to have everything that he's promised. It doesn't matter what the devil has done. It doesn't matter what life has thrown at you. Anybody know that life shows no mercy? Life just keeps on throwing stuff. It throws health issues and financial issues. It throws family troubles and marriage problems, problems with children, relationships in the workplace. It, there's problems that COVID-19 shows up out of nowhere. That there's all kind of things that the world throws that, that life hands us. But it doesn't matter if we'll just seek God first. No matter what the situation is, the answer never changes. Seek God first. No, no matter what the devil wants to put out, the answer is the same. Seek God first. 
No matter what the world wants to hand you, no matter how attractive it looks, no matter how shiny, no matter how pleasing, no matter how much it looks like it may get you out of debt or cause you all this great stuff, the answer is always the same. Seek God first. The answer will never change. I see here the axe head is lost. <laughs> it sank to the bottom of this muddy Jordan River. There seems to be no hope. Anybody ever been in a no hope situation? <laughs> there, there seems to be no solution, no answers to the problem. Anybody ever been in a no solution situation? There seems to be a no restoration. It seems like it is gone forever. And getting it back is impossible. Anybody ever felt like you're in an impossible situation? There seemed to be no way, yet God made a way out of no way. <laughs> what God did for that young man, God will do for you. God is respecter of no person. God didn't forget how to float axe heads. God didn't forget how to solve problems. God hasn't forgotten how to meet you at the place where you left him. God can restore everything. I've not even made it to the main part of the message. And the main part of the message is at least as long as where we've been. We'll, we'll go a minute longer, and you pray for me, Lord, Lord willing. We'll, we're either going to be here a little while, or maybe next week we look at to get back what you've lost. You got to go back to where you lost at part two. There's a really good story there in First Samuel chapter thirty that I want to look at. But but for right now, let's let's just look at where we are. I've I feel like the Lord added a lot of stuff to what I was trying to do from, from 1 Samuel chapter 30. God's word never returns void. So if there's one person in here, God gave me a message for somebody besides me. Has the devil taken anything from you? Has the world lied to you? <laughs> if, if you feel like your relationship with God has drifted back, maybe you can't even put a finger on it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you don't feel as close to God as you did, and you don't really even know why. You're trying to, to think back, but, but something about the joy in your life is missing. Something that was there isn't there, and you're not really even sure what it is. We, we blame stuff on the church. We blame stuff on the preacher. It's okay. We can blame it on COVID-19. We can blame it on anything we want. But the fact is, no one is accountable 
for our relationship with God but us. No one can build my relationship with Him. No one can tear down my relationship with Him. It is a personal relationship that I have with the Father. Talking with married couples and and counseling, which is something I do very little of these days because God has given us a great counselor who not only has a heart but has a calling and an anointing for that. And I believe that we ought to get out of the way of things we don't know how to do and let God use his people that he puts in place. And I'm very grateful that God has given us a, a counselor that I believe can help you way more than I ever could. But I've just recently had a couple ask again. And I said, yes, I will meet with you. But I let them know up front, once or twice is all I'm going to meet. And then I said, all I know how to say. At that point, you, you get to talk to J.B., But one of the questions that that I always will ask, when is the last time you remember being happy? If if they're sitting in your office, they ain't real happy. Something, Something ain't going right, and it's been going wrong usually for a long time. The first time things begin to slip a little bit, ain't that they run in and want some help and some marriage counseling. They've done tried everything they know to try, and they've done everything. She's done everything but kill him in his sleep. And he's done everything but run to keep from getting killed in his sleep. So by the time they come, this isn't day one of the turmoil. It's not day one of the trouble. So I always ask them, when is the last time you remember things being right? Let's go back. Let's go back five years. Maybe there's a birthday party. Maybe it's something with the kids. Maybe something happened. Maybe it was three years. Go back. Remember the time you did something together, and it was a joyful time, and you realized things were good. Let's get back to that point, and let's go from that good time, and let's, let's work until we find where it was broke, because until you find where it's broke, you can't fix it. Kind of like a car. Katie said her car was making a noise. I want to fix it. I went out there and cranked it. It didn't make no noise. It probably did, and I couldn't hear it, but that's beside the point. Anybody ever take your car to the shop and you get it there and it, and it won't show out, it won't do it, and on the way home, it does it? Isn't that irritating? You can't fix it if you don't know where it's broke. The same thing is true in life. Sometimes we just have to review our lives, and that was part of growing in the dry season last Sunday's message, was to begin to look back. Where did the dry season start? Where, where did I first start feeling like church wasn't a priority? Where, where did I first start feeling? We, we have to go back to where it was. We have to, listen, in, in America, in America, if we want what we had, then we're going to have to do what we did. Now that side went to sleep. If we want what we had, then we're going to have to do what we did. If we want the power of God to move on this place, then we're going to have to worship God in this place. If we want God to smile with favor on this country, then we're going to have to be pleasing to God in this country. If we want God to move in a mighty way and sweep a revival across this land, then we're going to have to return to a true worship, a true study, a true praise. We're going to have to return to Him. We're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. Brian Free sings a song, if we want it like they had it, we're going to have to do it like they did. If we want back what we've lost, we've got to go back to the place where we lost it. 
we got to go back. Some of you my age and a little bit younger since I'm so spring chicken and all, but especially those older are going to remember this day. We've got to go back to the day when the church was the most important thing on your calendar and Sunday was the most important day of the week. And I'm not talking about the day when you got to sleep late. I'm not talking about the day when you made your tea times. I'm not talking about the day when you got to fish in the morning. I'm not talking about on the day when you got to take a shopping spree. In the day I'm talking about, there wasn't no malls. You couldn't go no shopping spree. If there was a golf course, I don't know. I didn't play. But they could have, should have, would have been closed. If they wasn't, they're the problem. Let's get rid of them. I'm talking about going back to the day when God was a priority, when God mattered most. If we want what we had, we're going to have to go back to where we were. And it's not in worldly stuff. Apply the cross. Well, we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna call that part two. I got a whole sermon left line here. Y'all be praying, Lord willing, I'll preach this next week. And if he wants you to have something else, I won't. I, I will tell you this. If God has given you anything this morning from those two little stories, you don't want to miss the rest of the story. You don't want to miss what was taken from David and his men and what God restored. But Lord willing, I won't be preaching tonight. We'll be doing our children's training. And even when we get back on Sunday nights, um, we're going to continue with, with the Continue Bible Study. Pastor Brandon, um, I'm excited about that. We'll start the Sunday night after Labor Day, but you don't have to worry. I, I won't be preaching it tonight, but you're going to have to come back next Sunday morning. I, I wonder this morning, I, I do want to, before we go, just, just because we're not going to make it over to the invitation to close of the message, I do believe if I would make it this far and God got us to hear that there's somebody here that needs some help. I don't know, maybe you're out there and you need help. It doesn't matter. Your knees work as good where you are as they do down here. It's not the position of the body. It's the position of the heart. Maybe you've lost your relationship with God. Maybe you're not as close. Maybe you want to get back. It's okay to come and spend a little time in prayer and ask God to, to help me find where, where did I get on this little drift. Because it doesn't matter how small or how slow the merge is onto the wrong path. If it is a tenth of a degree, it's a tenth of a degree. And eventually a tenth of a degree will add up out here. The longer we stay on a path that's not going towards God, then the longer we're going to continue to grow away from God. That's not just for you as a person. As a person, that, that's for this nation. That, that's for this country. But the one thing that has not changed, I use it nearly every week right now, and I'm going to keep using it because it is the only thing going to get us out of this. I told you last week, scientists and politicians are not going to get us out of this. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. That is the only thing. Christians, you are the only thing that can save America. And the only way you can save America is to apply the cross to the situation, and God will supply the power. God will do unimaginable things. How many of you have ever seen an axe head float? It's an amazing story, isn't it? <laughs> we can't even begin to comprehend what God can do.
Anybody feel like it's too late? It's only too late if we continue to walk away from God. It's only too late if we continue. Somebody ain't going to like this one. It's only too late if we continue to commit the sin of prayerlessness. I said the sin of prayerlessness. It is a sin for the child of God not to pray. That is our communication with the Father. He speaks to us. We speak to Him. I want to ask if you would, everybody stand. You're certainly the altar is, is open. If you're comfortable with coming to there, you're, you're welcome to come pray here. You're welcome to pray right where you're at. Um, I, I want to ask you, as you're praying for yourself and praying for God to, to help you um, in your walk and in your relationship, I want to ask you to pray for this country. I want to ask you to pray for the leaders of this country. We're in a bad spot. There are no good choices up there, I can tell you that. We're in a bad spot. We need to pray for healing in the land. God can heal leprosy. COVID-19 is nothing. It has its purpose. I believe its purpose is to put Christians on their knees. So I want to ask if you would to pray where you are, pray on the altar. Would you be praying? I, w- I want to ask you right now, Christians, you, you bow your head. While you're praying, I want to ask you to pray that if there be anybody that watches this message today, next week, next year, it doesn't matter. If it's, if it's a recording, the Word of God is always the same. Whenever they see the message, I want to ask you to pray that God would anoint this message. That if there's anybody that has not trusted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that today would be the day. That they step out by faith and ask Jesus Christ to save their soul. That today would be the day that they surrender their heart and give their life to Christ. That today would be the day when they, when they turn away from their sin and say, God, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. I confess my faults, my failures, my sin. I'm asking you in Jesus' name to forgive me. Wash me in the blood of Jesus Christ. Cleanse me of my sins. God is faithful and just to save our soul, to save your soul. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. But it's up to you. God will float the axe head for you. But you still got to reach out and take it. God provided the cross. God provided the way. God provided the solution to your problem. An eternal solution to a temporary problem. But you got to reach out by faith and trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to ask you to pray that God would use it. If there be anybody lost, may God use it to save souls today. You know, singing a song, brother? Let's sing it then. <laughs>